Welcome to the We Invested Podcast, where we teach you how to save and make more cash. I'm your host, Wesley Earp, and this is Season 5, Episode 3. And on this episode, we sit down with Jeremy Slate, the founder and CEO of Command Your Brand. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it. Today on the We Invested Podcast, we have Jeremy Slate. And he is the CEO and founder of Command Your Brand. Jeremy, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to be here and hang out with you. That's awesome, man. And before we get started, would you mind letting the people know where they can find you on social media and the internet? So I am at Jeremy Ryan Slate on all platforms. Um, I only use my middle name because my parents named me after an actor. So like I didn't show up in Google for like the first year of my life. Um, and they can also find me at JeremyRyanSlate.com and CommandYourBrand.com. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, you know, let's just kind of take it from the top, man, and talk a little bit about, you know, where you're from and where did you grow up? So I actually don't live super far from from where I grew up right now. I, I live maybe 15 minutes from where I grew up. Um, I'm in northwestern New Jersey. And I and uh, when people think of New Jersey, I think they think of like cities and like Jersey City and like all this stuff. And like where I live, man, it's like closer to Pennsylvania. Um there's cows everywhere. I have two dozen chickens and a pig. So it's, it's, it's very different, man. It's been a, a very, uh, you know, bucolic and like farming upgrowing. So it's, it's been different than I would think most people think New Jersey is. For sure. So did you grow up in New Jersey or in Pennsylvania? I grew up in New Jersey, but like okay, right yeah. over the border in New Jersey from Pennsylvania. So it's like I'm closer to Pennsylvania than New York City. For sure. So, you know, how did growing up in New Jersey kind of impact your outlook on life and success? You know, it's interesting because I like I, I find that on the East Coast, um, I don't know, people are a little rougher, a little bit more abrasive. So you kind of have to learn to deal with that a little bit. But at the same time, it's more of a, you know, a can do attitude. So I think because of that, it, it's kind of given me the idea I can try and do anything, which is which is good because um, I've tried a lot of things and I failed a lot of things. And I, I so for me, I think that's really what it's been. It's been the, the outlook of you can kind of try a lot of things and, and kind of go for it. For sure. So is this is this mindset something that kind of started early on, just trying different things? I know you've you've done a lot of things, man, from bodybuilding to to media empire, just just a lot of different interesting avenues. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of where it all branched out from, started from? Surprisingly, no, man. Like I've been a I've been a super nerd my whole life. Um, I have a master's degree in ancient history. It's like not a very like usable skill out there in the world of getting a job. So uh, I taught high school for a couple of years. And, um, I, uh, you know, almost lost my mom when I was 24 to, to, to a really bad stroke. And it was actually that, that made me look at things a lot differently. I quit my job on a whim, went full-time into network marketing, which didn't know what it was. So I'm like, going to make a million dollars next week. I, I did not do that. Um, but man, like it, it, it at least set me on the path to, to kind of find where I was going. So it wasn't something I always had. It was something that was, that was shook up in me by, you know, a very sudden life experience. For sure, for sure. And just kind of talking about like just branching out and starting your own thing and doing your own thing. I want to talk a little bit more about the company that you created. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I want to ask you, what is Command Your Brand? So we look at ourselves as the the PR firm for the podcast space. So we, I really think that where we are in podcasting right now, I think this is the direction media is going. You know what I mean? I think I think it's very cool. You look at how people listen to to Netflix and, and Prime and all these different things. It's very driven by the user. 
And I think with what we're seeing in the podcast world right now, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're really positioned like, you know, with people like yourself, we're positioned well as podcasters to really take advantage of kind of the direction media is going. And with Command Your Brand, we really are trying to, you know, marry guests with podcasts and help those guests tell a better story. Because I think that the, the bigger part about it is you could be on a great show, you could, you know, be with a great host, but if you don't know how to communicate the right way, it's not going to make an impact. So I see us really as storytellers. That's awesome. So, you know, how did you get started in this industry? So am I allowed to swear on the show, by the way? Absolutely. Okay. So this it's, it's 2007. I'm standing out front of, out front of my professor's office, waiting to talk to him. I didn't know what podcasting was at this point in time. I hear a jingle within my, my, uh, professor's office i hear the word douchebag and i'm like wait what the heck was that so my professor was listening to a podcast that i still listen to this to this day called the no agenda show and uh adam curry and john dvorak play clips of the news but it's kind of like a like a like a funny morning show mixed with like actually serious news so that you take life not as as difficult but that was my first um, introduction to podcasts was from a college professor listening in, in, a, in his office. And I've been listening to that show for, you know, I just listened to an episode yesterday. So well over 10 years now at this point. And that was where I actually got my start in listening to podcasts. So I've been a fan since 2007. And I started my own show in 2014, which was horrible. Didn't go very far. It was called Rock Your Life. And uh, I took a kind of a part two and, and started to create your own life in November of 2015. And, and that's actually what, you know, got me started to where I'm now. But I started this because I was a fan. I tried different businesses, didn't work for me, network marketing, life insurance, uh, Amazon FBA, like any shiny object you put in front of me, man, I would go for it. And uh, I really just started a podcast as a creative outlet. I wasn't expecting to make any money. I wasn't expecting to really do anything with it. And, and it actually took off and it led me to everything I'm doing now. So, you know, like you mentioned earlier, man, you've, you've, you've written for major publications, you started media companies, and you've been in the podcast space since, you know, 2007 f from first learning about it. So yeah. what kind of sparked this interest and this love for media that you have? I've always been like a, like a radio and audio person. Um, I remember like AM radio of some sort was always playing in my house. So like, I've always been used to like that experience. And I've always been interested in that. I just remember I was 13 years old, getting ready to go to bed and listening to, you know, the John Batchelor show at 12 o'clock at night. And he'd interview these authors and people like that. So I always had this love for conversations and things like that. And because of that, um, it was much easier for me to, you know, kind of get interested in this whole world. Um, so really that's where the, the, the love of it comes from. It comes from, from that. Um, and I've also just, as I've said, I've always been a nerd. I've always been interested in history and, you know, trends and the economy and things like that. So I've always been trying to learn. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, something interesting that I've seen, like about your story is that, you know, um, you have your master's in, in history, I believe you said it was. Yeah. Ancient and, you know, history. Ancient history. And you started out as a school teacher. But you've you've you have this company that you've grown from just one person to several employees, several guests, several publication features. So how did you learn your business acumen? Like, where did you how did you go about learning how to run and grow and expand the business? What steps did you take? You, well, you know, frankly, when I started the podcast, I was working at a, a friend's marketing firm and um, 
I think that was actually the most valuable experience I've ever had in my life. Um, cause she's, you know, she worked on Madison Avenue. She did all these different things. So like I got the experience of working for somebody that had built a large company. So to me, that taught me a lot because I didn't know anything, man. I had no background in, in, in uh, running a business or anything like that. So, so it was part of it. And then also, um, I really went deep on like finding the best business management system as well. So I, um, I studied a system called the, the Hubbard management system and learning how to run my business on statistics and train people and, and, you know, create positions and things like that. So I've really focused on, you know, like the things you need to know to start a business and learning from people that have been there. But I, I didn't know anything starting out, man. It's been experience. It's been, you know, figuring these things out and it's, it's helped us to, you know, build better processes, um, create better marketing programs, hire better people. And, you know, we, we've went from, you know, having nobody do it to a team of 15. Um, and uh, I've been very lucky to have that, but it's really been having a great mentor early on, finding a business management system that works and sticking to one thing. Cause I find a lot of people, they'll mix a little bit of this system with a little bit of that system with a little bit of that system. And they wonder why it doesn't work. Right. It's like trying to make uh, pancakes with Coca-Cola. It's not really going to work out too well for you, man. So I've really just stuck to one thing and then applied that one thing. And because of that, it's been successful for me. That's awesome. And so, you know, when you first got started out in the industry and like just understanding, okay, this is the route I want to take. I've learned from, from the marketing firm that I've been in. I'm actually going to apply the things that I've learned. How was that transition for you? Was it ever intimidating? How was that moment for you when you just finally took that step out and, and said you were going to do it? You know, it, it was super intimidating, man. Like there were times when I couldn't pay bills. There were times when I couldn't pay employees. And, and you know, frankly, I pride myself early on in, in never missing a paycheck. There were times I didn't get paid, but my, my employees have never missed a paycheck. So, you know, really, I, I think there's been a lot of learning experiences around like, um, cause you know, the first version of what we did, we, we had another business partner and I didn't know much about partnerships. I didn't know much about contracts. And, you know, so I learned like, okay, so what is the importance of contracts? You know, bringing a business partner is kind of like getting married. So you need to, you need to understand that as well. So that was really, really vital. And, you know, just kind of getting out there and continuing to move forward, man. Yeah, man. It's something that I noticed, um, that I, that I noticed and recognize about kind of your story is just that like, you know, you followed your passion, you know, you did it for the love and then the money and not for the money. And then everything else kind of just followed. So it was really like you just focused in and honed in on your passion. And, you know, with that being said, I feel like it's just a great segue into, you know, your your latest book or your, your up and coming book, Unremarkable to Extraordinary, how to ignite your passion to go from passive observer to create to the creator of your own life. So can you just talk a little bit about, you know, you personally following your passion and even, you know, becoming an author and, and writing these books? You know, you know, what's interesting is, is actually like one of the things I, I say in the book is following your passion is probably the worst advice you can ever get. Um, and and I, I read a book a um, number of years ago, and I feel like I'm always recommending it. It's called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And Cal talks about finding something you're good at and continuing to work at it and work at it and work at it until that thing becomes effortless. And that's actually where you can, you know, make money and do some really incredible things. So I think like the thing that's important to realize is your passion actually has to match up with something that makes you money. Right. I think too many people are like, well, I never want to work a day in my life. And it's like, 
well, that's great, but you need to be able to pay for stuff. So like, I, I think it's really important to make sure that yes, you apply yourself at something you're good at and something you enjoy, but you don't exactly have to be passionate about it up front, man. Um, you know, passion comes with, you know, the ability to do more with it, the ability to make a big impact. And that's one of the biggest concepts I talk about in the book, because I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 35 in May. So I think my, my generation like has this weird idea of like, you know, find your passion and never work a day in your life. Well, finding your passion is actually an active process, man. You got to try a lot of things that aren't your passion to get to your passion. So I, I think that's one of the key things I've learned. And one of the key things I've, I've learned from all the people I've talked to is, you know, life is hard. Life takes work. And, and you know, that that's really an important, vital thing. And, you know, even even where we come from in the title, unremarkable to extraordinary, we're all unremarkable, but it's what we do every day that makes us extraordinary. You know, uh, you look at um, one of the conversations I had was uh, former Philadelphia Eagles uh, safety, Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, not a big guy, undersized guy, he would outwork you. He would outpractice you. He would work harder than you. And that's what it's about being extraordinary, man. It's realizing life's never going to be given to you. It's showing up every single day, grinding it out and realizing that there's success at the end of that. But that's really what it's about, man. No, that's incredible. I mean, it, it's something that kind of jumps out to me. A lot of people, when they first start podcasting, they feel like, man, I'll never make any money at this. And a lot of people give up give up on it early on so mm -hmm. what what drove you to keep recording and to keep doing it until you grew it into this massive brand and this massive top 100 podcast frankly it was the fact that i had a job when i started it like i, I feel like that's actually pretty important because like as an entrepreneur you have to be able to see like three days from now three years from now three months from now and also look at the past and what's happened there while also staying in the future. And if you're thinking about like, I got to pay my bills this week and it's either ramen or whatever it may be, you're going to make some really bad decisions. So for me, it was actually having a job while I started working on what I was working on. And then when it got to the point where I'm like, okay, so I've started this new company. It's close to what I'm making. It's not quite there. Let's just go for it and see where it goes. Cause at that point you have to commit and make it work. But I think frankly, it was because I was allowed to be a creative, enjoy what I was doing, and 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 really just have fun conversations, um, and frankly have a boss that allowed me to do that and embrace that, which was super cool. Like she let me do interviews in the middle of the day, um, and, and things like that. So it was it, to me the fact that I had some stability while I was creating was actually vital. I find that, you know, even with my first business, right. I jumped full time into network marketing from teaching. Really bad decision, right? Because in, especially in that business, you're not going to make a ton of money right away. So when you when you start something, you're better off starting it while you have something else, so that you make better decisions. So for me, that's why I was able to do well with it because, you know, I wasn't making a ton of money, man. But my basics of of food and shelter were covered, so I could really focus on being a creative. So, you know, I'm kind of jumping all over the place right now, but for your new <laughs> no worries, man. <laughs> for your for your new book, um for your new up and coming book, Unremarkable to Extraordinary, what was that process like for you creating this book and writing this book? How personal was it to you when you were, you know, creating this? You know what you know what's interesting, man? Like I, I started this book back in the middle of 2019. And uh then 2020 happened. And I threw the whole thing out and I started all over again because the world has changed so much in the last two years. I realized that I had changed and my insights had changed. And because of that, 
frankly, I like the book way better now and what I've written. And I feel like I've gotten clearer in my own voice. Um, I've had better insight. I've had better conversations. Um, and you know, that book I wrote two years ago, wasn't going to be the right book. Like it, it had to, it had to be how it happened. Like, so, you know, it, it sucks that the world changed so much, but at the same time, it made me kind of look around me and be like, well, I guess there's, there's a lot of observations to make here and a lot of learning points to make here. And it, it really changed the conversations I was having and, and kind of the slant of my content. That's awesome, man. And just kind of speaking of conversations and, and content, how can an individual utilize this billion dollar podcast market? Well, it starts with, you know, niching down. And that's what I think what's cool about with what you're doing with We Invested is you've really picked a niche. And I think where a lot of people mess up is they try to go super broad. And I think when you when you really niche down, you can kind of really create that, you know, power terminal to start out with. And you can go broad once you've niched, but you got to start somewhere because you got to get people to know you like you and trust you within a niche. So if you really want to win in the billion dollar podcast marketing, which is wild, man, I think in terms of advertising now, I think we're closing in on $2 billion spent in podcasting. It's, it's actually grown big time through the pandemic, which is pretty incredible. Um, but if you really want to win in this space, man, you got to niche down and you have to have an interview show and have because because having an interview show allows you to connect with people and it also allows you to have branding positioning. Um, you know, there's a great book by Al Rees. It's called Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. It was written in the 70s. It's a really, really good book. And uh, positioning is being seen like for something or against something. So the example I like to give, though I hate it, um, but it's the one because it's the one everybody uses. It's uh, we're the Uber of blank. Well, people are grabbing Uber because Uber already has that spot in your mind. So you can be like, oh, okay, so it's like Uber. So positioning is when you're seen for something or against something, right? Like, oh, we're not Coke, we're not Pepsi. So when you're actually doing interviews, you're able to actually get yourself some really good positioning because you're seen, you're seen talking to people that are already leaders in their own space. So because of that, you know, you're able to borrow some of their credibility and vice versa when you're, you're going on somebody else's show. So that actually really helps to, you know, not only position you with the right audience, but at the same time, it positions you as a leader in the space because you're being seen with other leaders. So that's the way you really take advantage of that billion dollar market at the same time, you know, also making sure you mix in some solo content too. And, and the way I explain that is, you know, when you're going to have a podcast, people come for the guests and they stay for you. You want to make sure you're growing your own thought leadership through what you're talking about and discussing as well. No, man, I think that's a, that's actually a gem you just dropped on me right now, man. <laughs> you know, that's some incredible advice. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I thought you just broke the mold with the, with the interview, with the interview gym you just dropped, but also saying that you need to have some solo content too. That's very important to keep in mind. And I know sometimes mm -hmm. you can just get so one track minded with, I want to do a thousand interviews, but yeah. it's also, you know, important to establish your own voice and, and have your own message out there to the world. Well, and, and, and from that perspective too, like, you you want to be a thought leader in this world, right? So thought leaders have something to say. They have opinions. They have strong opinions, frankly. And because of that, like it doesn't have to be long form content you're creating. It could be 10, 15 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. But you want people to get your viewpoints on things and understand you. And, you know, like they're coming just for the guests, but they're like, you know, like, shit, man, Wesley's a smart guy. I need to listen to more of what he says. And that's what it's really about, man. When you can get that, that's when you're really winning. That's awesome, man. So, you know, you mentioned a little earlier that there were multiple facets to running a business from the PR side to the marketing side to sales to having employees. So 
you know, just between PR, marketing, and sales, what would you say is that right combination to scale your company? So, so the way I look at it, um, because I think it's interesting. I think everybody in the world wants everything to be marketing, and then they wonder why they're not selling anything. You know, when you look at it, um, I look at it as public relations and marketing and sales. Um, if you're not selling, something's wrong with your marketing. If your marketing isn't converting, something's wrong with public relations. So, public relations. Um, you know, a public is just a type of audience. So your audience may be investors, it may be marketers, it may be moms, whatever it may be. That's your public. That's the audience you're talking to. So public relations is how you relate to them or how they know, like, and trust you. So when you're looking at that, you want to be taking a look at, um, am I appearing in the right publications? Am I writing for the right places? Am I speaking on the right stages? Am I mentioned in newspapers? All those things are public relations. And when you do those, your marketing converts better. And it's less expensive, frankly, because, you know, like you could have 5,000 people landing on your site, but have never heard you, you, they don't trust you, whatever it is, they're not going to buy from you. So if you're not selling, you take a look at your marketing. If your marketing's not working, you take a look at public relations. And that's really what it all comes down to, man. I, 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 you can work it forward, you can work it backwards. But if something's broken, it's usually the thing everybody ignores, which is public relations. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. And public relations is something that I'm, finally learning more about and kind of learning the the secret hack not hacks of it but just the the magic to it and um, kind of just finding out the the wonders in that public relations can work for an individual and a company is really incredible well i got some gold for you on this one man um it's called the small pond strategy right everybody's a big fish in a small pond somewhere right i grew up in a small town five eighths of a mile in size nothing happens there so, which means if I print, if I print a press release and send it to the local newspaper, which prints every Thursday, they're going to run it word for word. And so you want to look at places where you're a big fish in a small pond, places where you have little competition, your local newspaper, um, local magazines, your Rotary Club. Um, I went to Seton Hall University in New Jersey. They have a big color magazine that goes to the, to the whole alumni database. Those are your small ponds. So what you want to do is get press releases in those different publications. Um, there's a great article by HubSpot. They update every single year. It's called How to Write a Press Release in whatever year you're listening to this in. So How to Write a Press Release in 2022. Um, and they'll teach you how to like find out what's newsworthy and write about that. So then when you write that press release, you send it into that publication. You look for either newsroom, uh, news tips, things like that. Um, and you send those in and you want to go for print stuff the reason you go for print is because they're really easy to get right now when they're local and small because nobody thinks of them and they all have an online version that runs in google news so it'll also run in google news as well um and there's not a ton of competition but you're getting backlinks which is which is brilliant and um so you really want to focus on those small ponds and the thing you should set up for yourself is you go to news.google.com and you set up google alerts for your name and quotation marks the reason is, is you do quotation marks is because you're going to get a lot of like results that aren't correct because it might be like, you know, Wesley, Wesley Chapel, which is a town in Florida, or it could be like, you know what I mean? Like it, it so you want to do your name and quotation marks, you get only results for you. But doing this stuff, you're going to start to build up brand in an easy way that nobody's thinking about. Man, Jeremy, you're a genius. <laughs> You're a genius. You just blew my mind right now. <laughs> and you just gave me a lot of homework to do, man. I appreciate you for sharing that valuable you information, go, man. man. I could take real action with that. 
<laughs> hey, I'm I'm all about action, man, because like PR, like it can all be like boots on the ground stuff that every single one of us can do. And you get to a certain level in your business, sure, you can hire somebody to do it for you. And that's going to definitely help. But like early on, man, it's something we can all do that's going to create more trust that makes our marketing more successful and it makes our sales more successful. That's awesome, man. So, you know, you were able to grow, command your brand by 71% in a down economy. How did you accomplish this task? How did you accomplish this this feat? So when everybody runs right, I run left. When everybody runs left, I run right. And I think that's the biggest thing you got to think about. So like when, you know, in 2020, when everything just kind of dried up and, you know, we had our, I forget how many days it was to flatten the curve and people started laying people off and everybody's working virtually. I was like, well, shoot, man. There's a lot of people out there that are looking for jobs that I couldn't have hired before. And now I can. So we went on a hiring spree when all these like really great people became available. So we built up our company that way. We also took a look at a lot of our processes and we realized, frankly, one of the big things we were missing was a really good quality control part of our company. So we built up our quality control division, which was important, um, you know, making sure not only is a program done, but it's done well um, and clients are referring because of that. We also took a look at our processes and we designed better processes. We got every single employee in our company on weekly training. So we just really focused on like, hey, man, everybody else is backing off. Let's double down. And, you know, because of that, we were able to pick up a lot of real estate that a lot of people just, you know, at that point, we're just kind of letting go because crazy world stuff. <laughs> now, nah, that's remarkable, man. And at that time in 2020, you know, a lot of people were nervous, fearful, afraid. What gave you that fearlessness just to like, like you said, double down and just kind of mash the gas? Well, at that point in time, like we had been kind of like this modified schedule where we have an office. We're not there every day. We're not there every day, but we've been mainly virtual. So I was like, well, shoot, I can save some money by not paying rent anymore. And let's just focus on building this really great virtual company. So because of that, we could hire all over the country, all over the world. So for me, it was just, I was looking at the opportunity in it. And that's one of the big things I talk about in, in my book, Unremarkable to Extraordinary, is any adversity that comes at you when, you when you're looking at something as an extraordinary person, you look at where is, where's the win in this? Because it's always there. You just got to find it. So for me, I was like, okay, there's there's got to be kind of a something I can win in this situation. And for me, it was like, okay, everybody is retreating. I'm going to, I'm going to march forward. Was I courageous? No. Did I know it was, did I know everything was going to get better and, and change after two years? No, I didn't. But at the same time, I was like, well, this is where I can win right now. I'm just going to go for it. That's awesome, man. And you know, you're also the creator and the host of the create your own life podcast where you, you know, you've interviewed some very interesting people, man, from Grant Cardone to Danica Patrick, just to all kind of all type of dope people. So what was the vision and the idea behind this podcast? You know, frankly, um, I always wanted to write a book with it, but I didn't really have the courage early on to do it. So for me, it was, okay, well, who do I want to be a student of? And, and I want to learn what greatness is. So because of that, I just like, I'm like, well, who are the people I'd want to learn from? So I made a list of the top 100 people I most admired. I reached out to them and I, I had a lot of success early on with, with getting a lot of those interviews and I continued to, to reach out and grow that list. And, you know, there's, there's hundreds of people on it at this point, but I've really decided who do I want to learn from? And that's really where the podcast came from because I failed at so many different things. I figured there must be something I'm missing, right? There, there's gotta be something I don't know. And in that process, 
um, you know, I actually became the person I am now through that learning, which is, which has been a very, very cool experience. So it's just, I wanted to learn from all these people. And, you know, frankly, now I, I find myself among a lot of them, which has been a very cool experience. So, and I don't know if this is fair to say, but I would say excluding the people that you've interviewed previously, who yeah. would you say are some of your, some people that you look to for inspiration today? That I look to for inspiration, like in terms of like how I interview or just in general inspiration? In general inspiration. It could be from business, personal life, anything. Uh, Chris Rock's face, because that man can take a slap. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, you know, frankly, and he nobody really talks about him anymore, but Baron Davis, man. Uh, Baron Davis... Um, is doing some very cool stuff in the business world after, you know, he, he kind of, you know, went out of the league uh, a number of years ago. So it's been pretty cool. Um, also, um, I, I've interviewed him, but like Elio Castroneves, um, four-time Indy 500 champion, like to me to win that race four times is, is incredible. Um, and I look to a lot of musicians, man. I, I like musicians a lot. Like I've always kind of, um, I've always kind of like looked at life through music so like uh matis yahoo's been uh somebody I've, I've really enjoyed or um you know like um you know you look at like the empire jay-z is built and things like that so like it's i'm always looking at musicians and, and people kind of in that world because artists are people that are creating the the, the future and the reality that a lot of us can't see and it's a pretty unique and, and incredible talent man that's a man yeah you really might be a james brother that's a great way to <laughs> look at it artists are you know what i mean like it's like look at that like like let's yeah. think about that like somebody can create a create a song or create a verse or whatever it is and like yeah. i can't do that like to me like that's such an incredible thing that somebody has that talent or like with a lot of rappers these days like they can make a trend or do something and then three years later everybody's doing it like the whole world is doing it it's crazy well, social media has really helped them with that, man, because they have yeah. so much more access to people than they than they had. Like, you know, like you think about in in the in the in the the nineties, like how much harder it was for an artist to get discovered. Exactly. Like somebody'd have to show up at your show or you'd have to consistently go out or whatever it may be. Like, you know, like um there's a band that was like popular in the early the mid two thousands, Panic at the Disco. They got discovered from a YouTube video. Like that doesn't happen. Uh, you know that didn't happen in the 90s like it, it, there's yeah. so much more access now man exactly exactly man you know you 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 mentioned a lot of team players you know from brian dawkins to baron davis um you know and talking a little bit about the empire that jay-z built but just kind of speaking and, and focusing on teams what would you say is the importance of having a team and how did you focus on building yours I think having a team is vital. It's the only way you're going to help a lot of people. But frankly, I really struggled early on in thinking if I didn't do it myself, it wasn't done correctly. And I think it's a thing, something a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. But eventually I got to a point and I'm like, you can't really make an impact by yourself. It's just not possible. There's not enough hours in the day. You, you can't do all these things and do them well. So it, to me, it was realizing, well, if somebody does something 50 or 75% as you know as well as i did but it's getting done and i don't have to do it and then it allows me to do other things that's a big deal and you know what was interesting they didn't do it 50 or 75 percent better than i did they did it like 150 percent better than i did because they actually were focused on that job and they were there so to me it was getting over my own like hesitance in hiring but 
when you hire somebody, I find a lot of people are like, all right, so you're here for sales, but they don't teach them how to do the sales process. So we are meticulous in the processes we build step by step by step by step. What does that person have to be like? What should that person be reading? What should that person be doing? So because of that, they can actually inhabit that and they don't always come back to you for help. No, that's awesome, man. So, you know, you've, you've been in, you know, multiple publications, you've, you've worked with some of the biggest name in business, some of the biggest names in business. Um, you know, you've built a, a huge brand. How do you define success as an entrepreneur? It's being able to do what I want with who I want when I want. And it comes down to being able to like really spend time with my family. And if I want to help, um, you know, other causes in my life, I can do that. Not because I have to, but because I want to. And I think that's what success is. It's enabling you to like, you know, really live a more full life. Um, it's not always tied to money. It's not always tied to, to all these things, but it's, it's really living a fuller life that, um, you know, you can spend time with your family. I, got, I have two, two daughters. Um, you know, one is three and, and the other one's going to be one next month. And to me, to be able to you know, spend time with them and, and everything else is just a, a really important thing. So what would you say is the most important reason for your success? Well, that's a tough one, man. You know, I, I think it really comes down to always being willing to learn. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to, you know, like, why I went to grad school because I wanted to learn, you know, why I became a teacher because I was like, well, I like learning. So I guess I should teach, which was not the same thing. Um, and, you know, it's why I've been successful at the podcast because I wanted to learn. It's why I've been successful at starting a business because I wanted to learn. Like, I'm just, I'm very inquisitive. I'm very interested and I always want to learn. I think to me, that's always been my superpower. How would you like for people to remember you and your company? That we gave a voice to people that mattered. And, and I think that's what it comes down to, man, is, is giving a voice, a voice to people that matter so that they can make a bigger impact. That's how I hope people would remember us. What does the future of Command Your Brand look like to you? You know, I, I really want to double it in size this year. That's really the goal. Um, you know, be able to hire more, be able to grow the, grow the bottom line, help more people, um, and really become the go-to in our space. Where When people think of Command Your Brand, they think of podcasting. That, that's, that's really the goal for me. That's awesome, man. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time today, man. And before we, before I let you go, at the end of every podcast, we like to play a rapid fire question game where I ask you three questions. So if you yeah, want to play, I'll go ahead and ask. Let's do it. Question number one, where's your favorite place to travel? Budapest, Hungary. Why? Um, I love Hungarian food. <laughs> <laughs> always traveling on my stomach man good answer and look question number two what song represents your life the most like a warrior matas yahoo all right all right and look final question what's an amazing thing that you did that no one was around to see amazing thing that i did that no one's around to see oh, that's tough man um I don't know that I have an answer to that one. I'm I because like I don't know like any gym thing I've done like I always videotape it because I'm like I want to show somebody I did it like hey man, it really happened. Um, I don't know man to be continued. Um, I, I maybe it hasn't happened yet. I don't know. I like that answer, man. And look, I got one more question for you before I let you go. Can you let the people know when 
um, Unremarkable to Extraordinary is coming out and where they can purchase this amazing book. Yeah, so um, we actually have a great offer for your audience. If they head to getextraordinarybook.com and uh, pre-order the book, which is coming out June 21st, but they can they can head over and pre-order it right now. Um, if they come back with uh, their receipt or their order code, we're going to give them a free version of the audiobook. We're also going to give them uh, our program, 30 Days to Extraordinary. So that's getextraordinarybook.com. That's incredible, man. Jeremy, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you and learning from you. And like I said, man, you dropped a lot of gems, man, and gave a lot of valuable information. So thank you. Hey, I, I really appreciate it, man. You're, you're a good facilitator and you ask some great questions. So I appreciate you having me, man. Awesome, man.